0: symbol of excellence in sports
1: entertainment the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling
0: podcast production
1: to another edition of the Hogan Era Podcast. Of course, I am your host, J.P. John Paz, here on the two-man power trip of wrestling's feed, part of the TMPT Empire. Each and every week here on the Hogan Era Podcast, we're talking about the greatest era ever in the history of the wrestling business, the golden era of wrestling, if you will, 1984 to 1993. And, of course, that was in the WWF, and it was, of course, the great run of the Immortal Hulk Hogan with Hogan and the Hogan Hour each and every week here on the show, talking about some of the greatest feuds ever in the history of the business. And, of course, they all involve the Hulkster, the best feud with Andre the Giant, Rowdy, Roddy Piper, Macho Man Randy Savage, King Kong Bundy, Big John Studd, Bad News Brown, Harley Race, and the list goes on and on and on. And as you're going, to, kind of going through the show and you're thinking like, okay, he fought this guy, he fought that guy. I mean, he fought so many... Great opponents through the Hogan era, through 84 to 93. It's unbelievable. I actually went through and went through all the matches. I mean, it's like 1,500 matches or whatever it was. It was a crazy amount. I'll try to get an exact total. But it's actually hard because not all the matches are actually out there and listed. He actually had more that are listed on a lot of the sites I, I've noticed because I've been able to kind of unearth some uh, some footage and people have been sending me um, different things. I was like, wow, that's not listed anymore. But obviously it happened because somebody had it on tape. So not all the matches are listed. I, I would imagine he had... Definitely, because what's listed, I think, is 1,300. So and I would imagine that it was probably more than that because not everything was accounted for. Maybe him working twice in a night wasn't accounted for. But if you go and look, Hogan in the WBF during that time period had a lot of matches. My guess would be somewhere towards uh, 1,500 matches. You know, and that's that's basically you know he's probably working you know 150 times a year, maybe more sometimes. Obviously, probably way more from 84 to 90 than really 90, 90, 91, 92, 93. It's kind of a lesser schedule, and it's definitely definitely slowed down a bit for the Hulk as he's doing some acting stuff and, and some different things. And you know, the company was still relying on him completely, but he was still focused on the other things. And he wasn't working as many house shows and stuff as he was during the earlier period of 84 to 90 when he was you know, working tremendous amounts. So it's a lot of matches there for the Hulkster. And this week, of course, we want to talk about a few guys, actually. Something a little different here on the show. We usually focus on one guy, but I figured, why not focus on two? Let's talk about the wild Samoans, Afa and Sika of the Anawaii family. They are, of course, brothers. They are, of course, from the Isle of Samoa. And they are, of course, huge legends. The Wild Samoans, the Samoan Warriors, Islanders, Samoans, whatever you want to call them. They're absolute legends in this business, and they are awesome. They are three-time former WWF Tag Team Champions. Of course, they went into the Hall of Fame in 2007. And, of course, they had some run-ins with the immortal Hulk Hogan along the way. Really, Offa had more towards 1984, and then Sika was a little bit in '84, and then a lot in, not a lot, but a few in 1987. And we'll kind of get into that. We'll mention Samu a little bit too, aka Samula, as he was added to the group as well and added to the Samoans. And obviously, off son, everybody should know it now because I know, I know obviously the legendary Hawaiian family, but he is the father of Roman Reigns, the greatest wrestler in the WWE right now, probably the greatest wrestler in WWE in the last ten plus years. Um, he is definitely, in my eyes, overtaken John Cena, who I couldn't stop but cracking up when Vince said that John Cena was the greatest superstar of all time. I like, okay, he had the longevity. He was there for a while. He's a big name. He's a big star. Not big stars um, that I'm thinking of lead to a decline in ratings, a decline in, in pay-per-view buys, a decline in business, and almost killed the business. So, no offense to Cena, huge star, big name, I know, but let's be honest. Here, the greatest superstar ever in the history of WF is Hulk Hogan. And for Vince to say Cena is laughable and a joke, and I know a ton of people had said it online, like, um, Cena didn't really, you know, lead to a lot of big business. Yeah, he sold a lot of merch, but he didn't lead to big business. He actually led to, like, almost a decline, the downfall of the business, because it seemed like the fans didn't want Cena and they didn't want to go in that direction and it definitely, and as you can see today, huge decrease. I mean, when Hogan was on top, the the sky was a limit. I mean, business went up. When Austin was on top, business went up. Very, very strange that we can call Cena the greatest superstar of all time. When he was on top, business went down. So, off my soapbox for a second there, but come on. Hulk Hogan is the greatest superstar in WF history. Vince is nuts. We all know he's nuts. We all know he's going through some stuff right now, but uh, that's just insane, insane insanity to even imply that Cena is even on Hogan's level in in any way, shape, or form. So anyway, back to the Wild Samoans. They really joined the WWF in 19... Seventy nine, obviously pre Hogan era they were billed as first just as Samoans and then you know occasionally they would be known as like Captain Obanos, wild men or something of that nature during like TV tapings and different house shows and stuff like that but they're basically from the Isle of Samoa they're, they're wild men they're just savages and that's the gimmick and that's kind of what you believe because when you look at them they're scary dudes they really pull off the gimmick. Well, you're just fearful of them. You don't know what they're going to do. They're very unpredictable. And they end up making their Madison Square Garden debut on January 21st, 1980 in a WBF tag team championship match, losing to Tito Santana and Ivan Putski. Eventually, what would happen would be Bob Backlund would have a match against Alpha for the world title and a match against Seeker for the world title. Backlund defeats both of them. But they're, they're a tag team. They're the, you know basically a number one heel tag team. But... They did challenge Backlund a few times as well, no avail. The first championship that they won was April 12, 1980, and they defeated the aforementioned Tito Santana and Ivan Putski. They basically were champs for a little over five months. They ended up dropping the titles to Bob Backlund and Pedro Morales, two out of three falls at the showdown at Shea, but... Since Backlund was the reigning WWF champion, he had to forfeit the tag titles. And then a tournament was held up to crown new tag team champions on September 8th, 1980. The Wild Samoans won the title again, defeating the legendary Tony Gurria and Rene Goulet in the tournament finals to win the titles there. They really weren't champs for that long, where they ended up losing it to Tony Gurria and his new tag team partner, Rick Martel. The Samoans ended up feuding with them uh, a lot, really, for, the, for like, kind of the rest of the year. And they kind of went by the wayside, and really then left the WBF and went to really Mid-South and Georgia and you know, late 1981. So they end up returning in 1982 with their former manager, Captain Lou Albano, this time looking a little bit more savage like. They had full beard, really, really scruffy, um, bushy looking, I guess you could say. Offenseika then would win the WWF Titan Championship again for the third time on March 8th, 1990, defeating Chief Jay Strongbow and Jules Strongbow and defeated them in a bunch of rematches as well. They would end. Then end up adding Alpha son, Semu, who I mentioned earlier, a.k.a. Samula, to the team to kind of make him a, a three-man team. And also, he would be a replacement for Sika when he got hurt and really would be, you know, like the third member of the team. And almost like the free bird rule kind of thing where you'd have the guys that are almost interchangeable as a team. When they're tag team champions, they end up losing on November 15, 1983, very infamously to Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas. And they lose the tag team championships in a legendary, legendary match. Obviously, a legendary finish there as Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas would be the first ever black WWF tag team champions. Pretty uh, remarkable, pretty historic. Um, I think everybody would probably remember Captain Lubbano by accident, of course, hitting off over the head with a chair, allowing Atlas to get to win. In that one. So, just as, as we're going along, I just want to mention this is that Afa and Hogan are going to cross pass first. So, really, in 1984, we go 3 28, 1984, from Hamburg, PA, the legendary Hamburg, PA, part of the WBF All Star TV show. Hulk Hogan defends his World Heavyweight Championship and defeats Afa. There, that was 328-84. They have a rematch on 4-1-1984. Hogan would defeat Afa again in Utica, New York. And then really the third and final match that they had for the title was on 520, 1984 in Hartford, Connecticut at the Hartford Civic Center. And, of course, Hogan would defeat Afa there as well. Then we'll go to Sika. 4-2-1984, Hogan would defeat Sika at a WWF at the Memorial Auditorium in Buffalo, New York. So back-to-back nights, 4-1 and 4-2, he beats off first, and he beats Sika again, kind of doing the same thing as they did with Backlund. You know, both the Samoans getting world title shots. Obviously, they're both credible and believable. You probably don't think they're going to win the world title, but you do think they could do some damage to the immortal Hulk Hogan. There's no doubt about that. The next time, really, that Hogan and the Samoans would cross paths here um, would be Hogan and Sika. So Sika basically reappears by himself in the WWF from 86 to 88. Alpha is gone at this point. Sika is now managed by Mr. Fuji, and he's really a singles wrestler, but occasionally will be in a tag team partnered with Kamala. Kamala and Sika had some matches against the Can-Am Connection, against the Rougeau brothers, against the Young Stallions, but they really weren't a, a full-blooded, a uh, full-time tag team, so to speak. But really, um, one of those kind of put these two savages together throw them out there they're believable they're scary they're good heels the crowd will react to them and and you go that way with them but really they weren't um i don't know they weren't necessarily um, a real, real true blue tag team like the Samoans were where they're winning tag team gold and they're having these big feuds and they're part of big angles. They're just kind of there. So really with uh, Sika on 2 21 would be the next time him and Hulk are in the same ring together. Saturday night's main event, number 10, Joe Louis Arena in Detroit, Michigan. There is a big and you'll remember this because it's the pre-WrestleMania 3 big time battle royal which was won by Hercules. Of course, Sika and Hogan are both in this match. Andre the Giant um, is is in the match as well. It's just a a very, very uh, memorable, memorable match. Um, Well, Andre the Giant interferes in the match, not necessarily in it, but... uh, I I mean, yes, he's in the match, but, I mean, he he plays a a big part in... um, I guess interfering would be the wrong word, but he plays a big part in in messing up Hogan's day and, and eliminating Hogan. But Hercules ends up getting the win, as Hercules obviously would then go on to feud with Billy Jack Haynes. The next time Hogan and Sika are in the ring together would be 8 9 1987 at a house show in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Hulk Hogan defends the world title and defeats Sika there as well. And then the big match that they had together that you hear at the end of the episode 9 23 1987. Hulk Hogan defeats Sika in eight minutes in a pretty damn good Match Saturday night's main event number 12 Hershey PA at the Hershey Park Arena. Really good stuff there uh, from the Hulkster and Seek. I really enjoyed that match. Uh, There was a lot of stuff going on on that Saturday night's main event, and Hogan was involved a lot of it, of course. Maybe even sparking the mega powers at that show, helping not only Macho Man but helping Elizabeth and kind of thwarting off Honky Tonk and the Heart Foundation, which kind of led you to believe that later on in the show that Sika may have an easy time with the Hulkster and that he may end up winning the title. Just great psychology stuff. It's like, okay, Hogan is possibly weakened or maybe Sika would have a better shot. Just a good, easy, simple, simplistic uh, booking there. But Hogan, of course, gets the victory in eight minutes. Good stuff there, as not even Fuji could help out Sika there. So when you look at uh, kind of often Sika, just a small little few with the Hulkster, just really you know those big Saturday Night's Main Event shows with Zika involved. Really, the big house shows in '84 that kind of led the groundwork for Hogan in the WWF, and really led the groundwork for Hogan's world title run. And you need guys like that, to be honest. I mean, you need guys like often Zika that are believable, that are credible, that are monsters, that are scary as hell, that will just kind of be like, wow. You know, these guys can really kind of cause some damage, and and they're really gonna. Um, Take over, You know what I mean? They're really going to do some things here in, in the WWF to the Hulkster that might not maybe derail his title run, but set him up for failure in his next match, soften him up. So I think that they were perfect in, in their role. Great gimmicks. Obviously, remember forever. They still do these gimmicks today. Jacob Fatu, obviously a part of the family, is still doing. That's Tonga Kid's son. They're still doing this stuff today where they're having these Samoan gimmicks. It's just believable. It's timeless. It's a great gimmick. I mean, we're going all the way back to 1023, 1979 in the WWF when they really, really made a big name for themselves, and they made their debut in Allentown, PA, and they defeated Dominic DiNucci and Frankie Williams, two legends right there, especially DiNucci. So, I mean, we're going all the way back to 79 in, in the WWF, and they're still doing their thing today with the Bloodline and Roman Reigns and the Usos, who are obviously a big part of the Anawaii family. So, I mean, we're talking 40-plus years here of just the anawaii family and the samoan bloodline and the dominance just really cool and it was awesome to see last year actually i guess it was two years ago now jesus the time's flying by but when roman reigns got the the victory over uh, i think it was jay uso the uh wild samoans offense came out and crowned him the, the true Tribal chief and they put the little lay on him and Really, really kind of cemented him as the man right now. But man, forty years they've been doing their thing, and, and it really kind of started out with the Hulkster in '84 as far as them helping put him on the map, helping get him some credibility, and helping put some real, you know, real stink um, in a good way on that title match. So, Offa's last match during the Hogan era was with the Wild Samoans in 1985, one at a house show in Passick High School. Westwood, New Jersey. Interesting um, against Nikolai Volkov and Iron Sheik. They're actually somewhat babyfaced at this point, which is pretty shocking, but that would be Offa's last match during the Hogan era until 6-11-1993 when Offa would actually team with the Head Shrinkers Fatu and Samu, defeating Kamala and the Smoking Guns in Baltimore, Maryland at a house show. They would do the same thing the next night, 6-12-1993. Offa Fatu and Samu defeated Kamala and Smoking Guns in nine minutes at MSG. And they would have a bunch of tag matches against the Smoking Guns, which would be Afa and Samu. Afa would be replacing Fatu, so Afa still being able to wrestle here as the last official match during the Hogan era, 7 18 1993. Smoking Guns defeated Afa and Samu in Hyannis, Massachusetts. His last match in the WWF would be a house show in 1994, obviously post-Hogan era. Alpha and the Head Fatou and Samu, defeated Johnny Polo, Jacques, and Pierre, a.k.a. the Quebecers, Rosemont Horizon, and Rosemont, Illinois. Good stuff there. And then Sika, as I mentioned, he had a run in 1986, 87, and 88 in the WF, had a brief feud with the Hulkster, had a feud with the legendary Hillbilly Jim, had a feud with the legendary Bam, Bam Bigelow along the way, and his last match in the WBF was WrestleMania 4, What the World is Watching, Trump Plaza Convention Center, Atlantic City, New Jersey, 327-1988, big-time Battle Royal, which was won by Bad News Brown. Really great run for the Wild Samoans, just a small feud with the Hulkster, but had to talk about him, had to mention him. Gotta love Alpha, you gotta love Sika, you gotta love the 40 years of dominance, you gotta love kind of what they've been able to do and what they're doing today. It's pretty damn remarkable that the Wild Samoans legacy is going to be that of one of the greatest wrestling families of all time. Alpha and seek themselves, AWA Southern Tag Team Champions, NWA Gulf Coast Tag Team Champions a few times, Georgia Championship Wrestling Tag Champs, Mid-South Tag Champs three times, in um, all-star wrestling in Canada, the Vancouver version, they won the tag titles. The NWA Detroit, they won the tag titles twice. U.S. Tag Team Championships in NWA Mid-America. Man, I mean, they've been the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. They're in the WB Hall of Fame. They won the Southeastern Championship Wrestling Tag Team Championships twice. They won the Stampede Tag Team Championships twice. They won the WWC in Puerto Rico Tag Team Championship once. And, of course, like I mentioned before, they are three-time WB World Tag Team Champions. and 2007 inductees into the Hall of Fame. It all started with the High Chief, Peter Mayavia And really, if you think about it, the Samoans kind of, you know, maybe even, you know, 60s and 70s, you could, you could throw back with Peter Mayavia making his debut all the way back then and really, really starting out the Samoan dynasty And you could say, really, 1962 when he started his career. But I say he got to go 79 when they really, really made a big impact in the WF. We're talking about offense. He the Wild Samoans and they did help a lot during the Hogan era and there were those, you know, just unforgettable tag teams that just will live on forever. I think they're timeless. I think that they're absolutely legendary what a legacy they have 40 years of dominance and continuing with the Roman Reigns storyline today and the bloodline with the Usos so let's wrap it up and hit the plugs you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at two man power trip check out the website TMPT and of course Patreon patreon.com slash TMPT Empire working on some cool stuff as far as the Hogan era got an awesome new graphic thanks to JK my buddy Jazz Kumar over at Iron Skull Productions he does all my graphic graphics well the good ones (laughs) anyway um he does some great great work awesome stuff i rely on him for a lot of good stuff and uh he's a busy man but he always makes time to help me out so thank you to iron skull and, and jk over there always does a great job love the new hogan era logo please check out the old interview in the archives with the immortal hulk hogan check out the new kurt angle interview that's out there on the tmpt feed and check out my 30 plus minute interview with Ooh, the nature boy, Rick Flair, that is up on the feed. Awesome stuff there. Thank you, everybody, for listening. See you right back here next week for Little Hogan Era Podcast. We'll see you next week, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You could follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You could subscribe on YouTube.
0: Side. Look at that in Fugias. No, oh, wait a minute. It's Mr. Fuji trying to hit him. Who's that? to another referee in there. Oh, the referee hanging on to the cane. Oh, took Mr. Fuji's cane. It well, it's about time somebody was a to... little. By the mighty Sika. That'll take its toll. Now, Wait, Chocol. Get in there, Ralph. Now talk big mouth. Sika staying on top of Hogan. Hogan has never quite met an individual like this. We mentioned earlier on about the savage nature of the Samoan Sika. Look at that face. What's Hogan going to do now? Run out of the ring and go get Elizabeth for help? Oh. The Samoan Sika moving in on oh, Hulk Hogan. Again, we stated earlier see very little in the way of scientific skill displayed by the mighty Samoan. He's tricking in the way of tactics. Wait, Choco. Come on, Raphael. Bowen, <laughs>